Oh, hey boys. G'day, mate. Hey, guys. G'day, g'day, g'day. What's happening, Lee? Oh, it's, tell you what, it's a nice day for it in Melbourne. It's about uh, zero degrees. It's windy. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice day to just be inside and do nothing. And Mikey down in Christchurch, what's going on? Uh, pre- preparing for potential lockdowns. I've just been racing to get the fabrics for the masks and such. Uh, it seems we've got community transmission in Auckland and the country is freaking out again. So there goes a hundred and two days without co- community transmission. So, wow. That we knew of. <laughs> yeah, that's it, right? Because then the, yeah. the, the the person who had it, like, he had symptoms for five days, didn't tell anybody, went travelling around. Didn't he go to Rotorua or something? And then Yeah, the whole family went to Rotorua. Two of the family members have it. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, because we didn't have any community cases, they obviously were working and going to school and and all those things, and they have no association with any of the uh, quarantine facilities or anyone working at the border, so it's unknown as to where this came from. So I think that's the biggest the thing. Few weeks when it's been sweet, have people been like social distancing and stuff, or not really? Nah, man. Nah, everyone's treating like it didn't exist. So. Oh man! Everyone's like, "Well, it's it's in the quarantine facilities," but beyond that, no, it was life life as usual, pretty much. Um, no, no distancing, not really sanitizing, not not wearing masks. Government keep being like, "Hey, you should buy masks and uh, use your your government um, tracking app when you go to places," and people just weren't weren't doing it but yeah it everyone here to... basically ignored the um the tracking app as well i think it didn't work for like the first month or so and then people just didn't didn't download it anymore after that right right yeah well i think the government was saying they've done five hundred thousand tests so for those people listening who don't know new zealand's got about five million people so you know we've had 10% of the population's been tested so far, but they're ramping, ramping up uh, today and uh, Auckland's at level three, so yeah. Good times. Hopefully just for a few days. <laughs> yeah, for a wow. few days, Lee. So, yeah. How'd that go in Melbourne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly. too good. Six weeks ago, they said six weeks more. Yeah. Now they're saying the same thing again. Yeah, well, at least the government's been proactive. They kind of learnt from Melbourne's fuck-ups. So. Meanwhile, in Japan, coronavirus cases still keep climbing. No one seems to give a shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing, honestly. I think, like, the second wave is, you know, there's, like, the first wave that came through. People didn't really care about it. They closed down a few things. The second wave that's come through, now it's really about twice, three times as bad as what it was in the first wave. But people just don't really care. Like, you know, we, we're, we're running a bar at the moment. It's all good, you know. Mind you, most of the, most of the cases are focused down in Tokyo. We're up north in, in, uh, in Rado, and it's a little bit different. But totally different approaches there from this government to your guys' governments. It's, it's quite remarkable. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Is that just because well, the population got... of Tokyo is so massive? Yeah, 35 million people in Greater Tokyo area. It's a big, big, big city. We do have an election coming up as well, so that might explain. So the government held it, did it well early on anyway. Um, but yeah, we're, we've got an election next scheduled for next month. So, um, you know, already we've had the, the opposition calling for it to be postponed and things like that. So. You got an exciting referendum coming up down there as well. Yeah, well, we've got a couple of referendums, um, legalization of cannabis and um, the end of life choice act, which will allow people with um, basically terminal illnesses to uh, choose to end their life early. Yeah. So that's uh, euthanasia, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, but under very specific circumstance. I think they, they try to determine his right to die as opposed to euthanasia, which is a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and there's differences between euthanasia and, and um, uh, what they call self-assisted suicide. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Self-assisted dying, basically. Lee, are you able to vote? Yeah, I can vote and I've voted a couple of times from here in Melbourne. Um, yeah. So that's good. Yeah, I try and keep up with it. Not not every election, but the ones that I think are important, I, I try and get out. Well, there. that'd be like the national stuff, but you probably wouldn't vote in their in their local local electorate stuff, right? No, that's right. Just national stuff. So yeah. when when John Key was on his way out, I went and voted that. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, good work. So today, team Lee's. Lee's going to host us through uh, part two of um, New Zealanders Abroad. What's going on, Lee? So last time we kind of talked a bit about Kiwis traveling and how they tend to go for a long time and go far away. And we talked about our own experiences with that a little bit. So I thought this time we would talk about the other side of that, which is Kiwis who go overseas and then stay overseas. And... Um, I wanted to mention that, uh, you know, we threw around the number one and a half million Kiwis, um, but that's a little bit of a myth, actually. Like, there's probably not that many Kiwis permanently living overseas. The number's close at like 800,000 to a million. Um, but yeah. we do have uh, the second biggest uh, expatriate diaspora in the developed world. So After number one is Ireland. Ireland, yeah. 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 Um, so we've got 14, 14.5% of our population live overseas. Do you want to have a go at guessing um, how many Irish, what, what the percentage of the population is of Irish that live overseas? Ooh, uh, no, around 20. I'll go around 20. I'll go, yeah. I'll go 25. Yeah, it's, it's closer to 20. It's, it was... 17.5% a few years ago when uh, these numbers are from. So it's probably closer to 20% now, which is pretty massive. That's a big chunk. And Ireland's yeah. like not a massive place. It's like, you know, smaller population like New Zealand. So, yeah. yeah but I mean, island nation. There's, there's, a, there's, yeah. a big, there's a big history about the, um, the Irish diaspora as well. And it's kind of, it, it seems kind of funny to me that, you know, Irish become a number one. Well, that's actually like quite understandable. But it seems funny to me that New Zealand will come in number two. 
because we don't have, I mean, you know, like there was a lot of those immigrants, sorry, those, those, those Irish who moved to America and they went all around the world and stuff. Whereas people came to New Zealand, not the other way around, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. And we're a much more yeah. nascent country as well. Like Ireland's got a rich, deep history, whereas New Zealand's colonial history is like, you know, that's just yesterday, basically, in, in comparison. Yeah. So, I mean, what do we, why is it like, why do you guys think that people bail overseas so, in so many, in so much, in so many numbers and, and so easily, I guess? I guess it's got a little bit to do with, um, the fact that you know again we're at the bottom of the world and we're kind of separated and like that that feeling of like having bigger opportunities being missed maybe overseas well I, like can we just break down those numbers a little bit i read that it's about six hundred thousand new zealanders living in australia and about sixty thousand, i think lee you said from who's living in the uk so right there you've got six hundred and fifty thousand, which is a big bulk of the people who are living overseas so they're not all living, you know, like in America or in Latin America or in Europe and stuff like that. They are mostly concentrated in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And they tend but, to also be our skilled, more skilled and educated members of society. I read somewhere that um, the top sort of like 3% of uh, highest salaries earned by New Zealanders is earned by the people that live overseas. <laughs> well, that would make that would make sense, though, wouldn't it? Because because in New Zealand we have we have a, a a high standard of living, but we also have very high costs associated with that living relative to to our income. So, with Australia, we we don't require a visa to live and work there. And so it makes sense that a lot of New Zealanders would go there for um, for higher higher wages, and it almost also makes sense that 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 three uh, percent living overseas, uh, earning the most, would 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 be be there because the money's better uh, in other parts of the world, you know. Yeah, I guess another um, big reason behind it is some of those jobs probably just don't exist in New Zealand. Like our companies aren't big enough and there's not a big enough market. You know, if you go to school and you learn to be an executive uh, of some level or some kind of, uh, you know, advisor or something like that, unless you want to live in Auckland uh, and work for like one of a few companies there, you probably don't actually have access to that job title you know yeah yeah there's a lot of niche uh jobs that uh would um would you know beyond executives and things like that there's a lot of niche jobs that it's much easier to 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 find overseas i mean for for you for instance mike you were working in auckland as a director and producer um and I mean, you you made a crust, but it's a small small market in comparison to other nations. So yeah, I totally. Think, yeah. I mean, it's that's that's it's kind of if you if you kind of go if you look at New Zealand as a whole, and then a lot of the sort of the, the this industries that are purely based in Auckland, and then people move to Auckland, and then if you kind of extrapolate out from there as well, like if you become specialised within those specialisations in Auckland, then where are you going to go? Well, that's quite clearly going to be overseas. So. You are, I mean, I wouldn't say forced because no one's forced to move overseas, but if you want to keep pursuing those bigger opportunities, 
then you would move overseas. So it's, there's kind of like a scaling up effect, I guess, for a lot of people. But I, w- I would also say like, you know, when I was, um, when I was growing, like when I was a teenager, like there was always this big thing to go to, to Australia. I had lots of family there, but a lot of friends my age, we all went over, but none of us had skills. Like a lot of the friends that I knew yeah. that went over had, we were doing coffee, we were working in kitchens, we were working in bars, you know, these like quite like relatively low wage hospitality workers. So there's a lot of those people as well who are living in, yeah. um, who are living in Australia who do those kind of jobs. Yeah, what is it? What is it? I hear you can, you can be a lollipop man near ears, ears rock for, for $35 an hour, you know, yeah. and you just, you, you know, and that's Australian dollars, obviously, and you, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't get that. You get half that yeah. if you're lucky in New Zealand. So. Yeah. And that's an entry level job with like zero responsibilities as well. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, so in terms of like your, your income to living, living costs, um, you know, there's a big, big motivator. I think also another big reason is we are one nation in a large world and we are isolated other, other than Australia and a few uh, Pacific islands. We're very isolated in to, to really experience the rest of the world, you, you, you can't, it's not like being in Europe where you can catch a train or, or drive across the border or something like that, you know, you, you really have totally. to, to get on that plane and, and, and travel. And while you're doing it, you, you might as well uh, spend some, a good chunk of time. And when you spend a good chunk of time, you're, you're more likely to find your, your niche somewhere else, you know. I think Kiwis have definitely got uh, an attitude that's kind of just like, let's give this a go as well. And we're not afraid to jump into something maybe without the full qualifications or the education behind us. Uh, You know, we're willing to give things a go and maybe um, take bigger risks than uh, some other people sometimes and stuff like that. Like when, so you've been living, you haven't been back to New Zealand for how many years? I've been like almost eight years now so in uh, Australia. Without going back to New Zealand. I mean, how do you, how much do you, like, is your identity tied with, thank you, how much is your identity tied with um, New Zealand and the fact that you're a New Zealander living in Australia? Does that make sense? Like, how, how, like, how, how uh, strong are those sort of, like, ties back to, to, to New Zealand? Does that make sense? Well, that's really interesting, actually, because to start with living in New Zealand, I never had like a huge sense of identity of being a Kiwi and actually probably similar to you, Mike, because I was, um, you know, I was raised part of my life overseas and I've got that dual identity um, thing going on with uh, one parent being from New Zealand and another parent being from overseas when I was growing up in New Zealand, I always felt like that was more part of my identity that I was only half Kiwi. But then since being in Australia, that kind of Kiwi identity ship has grown much more in me and I really want to be involved and I really want to meet other Kiwis over here all the time. And um, I'm really, you know, I'm proud to say that I'm from New Zealand and stuff like that. So that's really, really interesting because I think like in New Zealand, we often don't like, have su- such a big kind of uh, um, patriotic 
culture. Uh, you know, we're not like really show offy about being from New Zealand. We're kind of like quietly proud about it. Um, but then when we go overseas, that's like the first thing, you know, we tell people it's like, yeah, I'm from New Zealand. Um, yeah. Do you ever find that like you, I mean, you've been there for eight years now, obviously for some, on some level, like the, the, the opportunities that are, like Australia affords you are better than New Zealand, more or less, right? Yeah, look, coming, coming over here for starters as well was like seeing, you know, I, I moved around New Zealand a lot. I saw lots of different parts of New Zealand. I lived in a few different cities and I kind of got to a stage, I was working in the coffee industry and I wanted to take that to the next level. I also wanted to live comfortably and, um, you know, be able to afford a, a nice place that wasn't falling apart and, um, you know, had mold growing on the walls like in Dunedin and stuff like that. So I so kind of said, okay, well, I don't want to really oh, live in Auckland. There's nothing there that's really doing it for me. So I just, the natural next step is Melbourne. It's the closest, the next closest big city. So I came over here and I guess I haven't thought about it that much, but when I do think about it, it, it really took my life in a different direction where suddenly I was able to be much more focused on things like careers just because those opportunities were there presented to me um, a lot faster. And I think that if you live in New Zealand and you want to see something through, like working your way up in the coffee industry, for example, you really have to move around. You have to do your time in Wellington and then go to Auckland where the big businesses are and there's a bit of international market going on there and stuff. And I think coming over here definitely fast-tracked for that for me a little bit. I got to just live in one place as well, you know, like just lived in Melbourne. I, I mean, I moved house a couple of times here, but it's not like loading your whole, all your belongings in the car and then getting the ferry across to the North Island and it's a whole, you know. Well, I mean, there's something really interesting in that, just real quickly. Um, like you said, like, I, I really didn't want to go to Melbourne, so therefore I went to, sorry, I really didn't want to go to Auckland, so therefore I went to Melbourne. And it's like, the, the, like New Zealanders kind of have this mental, like there's an, there's an easiness about like the ability to move overseas, which I think a lot of other countries, people from other countries don't have. So you're just like, oh yeah, you know what? Um, I don't really want to go to Melbourne, uh, Auckland, so therefore I'm going to go to Melbourne. Yeah, it was seriously easy coming over here, and we're really, really lucky to have that relationship with Australia. Um, you know, especially coming from New Zealand, because it's hard to do in New Zealand. It's hard to to save enough money to move overseas. That's a massive jump, and if you had to like do all the citizenship stuff and things like that. It would just be too much. I mean, to come to Australia, I literally like, because I was leaving the house I was living in, I used the bond to pay the last few weeks of rent. So I didn't have to pay rent for two weeks. And that was basically how I could afford the ticket to Australia and the three or four weeks it took me to find a job in Brisbane when I first got here that covered that. And, you know, I was only able to do that because I didn't have to pay rent for two weeks. Otherwise, I would have been, you know, stuck with no money. <laughs> it's so easier. It's just so easy. I think I, it happened to me the same way, actually. Like, I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I, I moved to, to, um, to Australia basically on a whim because I was bored and sick of the shitty weather in Wellington. You know, like, yeah. it didn't require anything. Just got hopped, literally just hopped on a plane and went to Melbourne. I was like, boom, I was away. So it's kind of like yeah, you, pretty well, much. You get you get your tax number and and your and a job and you're off. Um, That's I think right. Open a bank also, account, which is easy. 
Um, also, uh, just our the New Zealand's uh, diplomatic reputation also lends itself to New Zealand citizens being able to get visas easier than a lot of other nations. And we do have a lot of uh, working holiday visa relationships with a lot, of, a lot of nations for young people to be able to go, you know, work and travel uh, in a, in a country for a year, you know, and then move on to the next one, you know. That's how I, that's how I ended up in Japan, basically. Like, I, I initially got working holiday visa because I, I didn't know how possible it would be to get my passport. I ended up coming here on my working holiday visa and then I was like, should I need to stay a little bit longer? And then I went back and got my passport and I'm still here. So without that ability to get the working holiday visa initially from a New Zealand passport, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be here. So that's, I mean, I would have come for like a three month holiday, but I wouldn't have done the same sort of thing. So it is really that ability to easily travel, which is like, which is huge. And also like on the, on the, on the other side of that as well, like loads of people from overseas come to New Zealand on that visa as well, you know? So it's- Yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. a reciprocal relationship. Apart and from that, America, that, actually. Do you know much about that, Mikey? Because um, Lou's from America. Did she come on her, what, what visa did she come on? Uh, Louisa initially came uh, on a uh, uh, um, study exchange. Right. But, um, but because we were together, um, uh, Louisa was able to get a, a um, partnership visa, partnership working visa. And so that, that, obviously made things a lot easier. I don't know about the, the working holiday itself, but yeah, How it, many, it's funny, like, uh, sorry, go Lee. What's the percentage, what's the percentage of uh, um, Americans uh, living overseas? What do you reckon? I would say it's probably in, in the single digits. Um, probably like below, below, uh, you know, probably what it's like point something of a percent. Zero point five. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Zero point five percent of the population. It's a huge nation, though, and like we. Yeah, that's we, a big number still. Talked about, you know, um, there's that whole like this is the greatest nation on earth, and yeah. therefore, why would I travel? You know. Um, it, it's funny hearing uh, you guys talk about like your like strong Kiwiness um, because it, what, while also you are a representation of like a globally moving and changing society. You both have links to to multiple nations. You, have, I think, at least got multiple passports. You ha you have a Japanese passport as well, Mike. Yeah, I got two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so like, yeah, it's funny. And Lee, you always emphasizing the Kiwis, the Kiwis that, and I find <laughs> it kind of funny because I like I'm, 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 uh, I was born born here in Christchurch uh, in the same hospital as Mike, four yes. days apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no and, uh, and 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 all, um, like. Both sides of my family, um, though, you know, at some point I did have family that immigrated here. They're a few generations removed, you know, 
and yeah, I don't personally identify as as a Kiwi. I'm, I mean, I love New Zealand. Um, I'm a New Zealand citizen, but you know, the it's kind of funny that that we just in terms of the physical attributes of a Kiwi, I don't know why we we associate with it. You know, this this flightless bird that that eats worms <laughs> and and only comes out at night. It's like yeah. That's me, dude. That's me. I but I guess maybe it's that whole like can-do attitude. Like, yeah, I'm limited. I've got these stumpy wings, and I well, don't really like the sunlight. Um, but don't even that. need to fly. But you know where that came from, eh? You know where the original thing came from, right? The, the no, tell us. Tell so me. it's it's the shoe polish, the kiwi shoe polish. You know the stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, famous. Yeah, they, they took that, the soldiers in World War One took that shoe polish overseas. And the other, uh, the other people around who were also like fighting, um, they're like, oh, you got the Kiwi shoe polish. And they started calling them Kiwis for that reason. So that's where it actually originates from, apparently. Really? Yeah, okay. so it's just, sort of, it was like yeah. an, an uptake 100 years ago, just to start, so. Oh, uh, and also, uh, just for people not from New Zealand, uh, uh, we refer to to the fruit as kiwi fruit because if you tell us you're eating kiwis, um, we you know that's our national endangered bird and uh, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't was, always go down well. <laughs> I was gonna say like it's actually really funny you say that because like a lot of people be like oh I love kiwi and I'm like wait like my kind of it just sound quite right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> But I think it's I think it's funny though, Mike, because I mean you're saying you know it's like you don't really feel like you feel like you're a New Zealand citizen or whatever, but there is definitely like when you hit overseas a little bit, like you do you do feel like that that sort of identity does start to kind of manifest itself in different ways, which is just like you become I wouldn't say more proud, but you become more aware of it, like where you come from and, yeah. and, and, and what kind of culture you come from because you said that like we've about this before in another episode but they're a little bit different and, and those sort of like when you when the context is just other New Zealanders it doesn't really it's it's whatever but when you sort of like are against the backdrop of say like other Japanese people or say other Indians then those differences really start to sort of you know they become much more yeah. apparent much more exaggerated but this isn't this isn't something unique to New Zealanders. No, I think, it's not. Like no. I said at the end of the the first segment, you know, you become when you travel away from your your nation, you become part of the diaspora, and you begin to more strongly identify with those. Especially, you know, being amongst an an other. You realize you are the other and then you begin to reflect on um, the things that make you part of that, that collective nation and and then yeah, I agree it kind yeah. of makes the identity a little bit because Kiwis kind of have this uh, anonymity and neutrality that go with us wherever we go and that again becomes more apparent when you're like you say you become the other amongst uh, everyone else and you tell people that you're from New Zealand and you know they they see that as a neutral country and a peaceful country and um, high standard of living and that kind of gives people a, a sort of a 
picture of, of who you are before you can even, you know, show what your identity is. And so that kind of becomes a part yeah. of you I think, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like, um, you know, uh, you, you do, you begin to form this identity of what it is to be a, a New Zealander or, a, a, you know, a, a quote unquote Kiwi. But I mean, like we were talking about earlier, both you guys uh, are the product of, of global movement and, and multiple nations. And, and also just in terms of your traveling global experiences that make you, you know, a unique human being in your own right. But, but when you are away from home, you can begin to sort of centralize and refine what, it, what your national identity is. Yeah. Mm. How do you feel, Lee, about like being half, it's half New Zealand, half Israeli, right? I guess um, you kind of feel like you don't really belong fully in either place. I guess that's got a lot to do with how I've moved around a lot as well. Like I, I lived a few years in Israel and then a few years in New Zealand and backwards and forwards my whole life. And so I kind of feel not quite fully at home wherever I am. That also makes it really easy for me to just go and live in another country like Australia that I have no connection to and no identity with, um, you know, because I can sort of, I feel like I can uproot quite easily and, and move around and um, be introduced to new situations, but it's great. I mean, the dual, the dual citizenship club is, is awesome. You know, it's um, being able to go somewhere <laughs> nice, else um... <laughs> <laughs> where you have uh, connection, you have family, and uh you know experiencing uh two different cultures really really intimately and deeply is really really cool and it gives you a, a wide sort of uh view of the world um yeah. so so what what about for for you mike because you you're born and raised in new zealand your your father is 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 japanese but you were firmly rooted in in New Zealand for for your your childhood and young adulthood, yeah. And and now you're you're living in the country um, of your fathers. What do you feel similar to Lee, or how 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 do you see your position within Japan? Yeah, it's a little bit different. I think. I mean, you said like maybe Lee that like it's not 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 either here nor there. A little bit like you you kind of can you never you're not like quite fully one thing or another and I, I i feel like much more like much more like i'm more of a new zealand than i am a japanese person i feel like uh really much more like oh, one day as you guys will come here but like this this japan is extremely homogenous place like and mm. and i'd say i'd go like a few steps further and i just say that like in my from my experience and how I see the world, I would see them as like generally speaking, and I'm saying this very, very generally, but they can be quite xenophobic and racist. Like just, just that's it. And so like, there are a lot of values that this, the, the society of Japan has that I just disagree with. Like I just flat out disagree with, and it kind of runs counter to the things that I grew up with and the values that I hold. And as a result, 
you know, it kind of creates a weird little, a little bit of dissonance because on the one hand, it's like, yeah, you are, you are like with this one thing, but on the other hand, it's like, no, you're really not. And that's kind of a, that's kind of a funny place to sit. Um, and you know, a couple of years here, it's like, it's not that long, but it's kind of long enough to see what's going on, but it's, it's not quite, does that make sense? It's not quite there. And I, I definitely feel more comfortable, um, more broadly in a New Zealand context than I do in a Japanese context. That's not to say that I don't love Japan because I love it here. It's an amazing country. It's an amazing place to be, but it's not quite, it's not, yeah, it's a little bit different, I think, from your experience today. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah. I can relate to that. It makes sense. Yeah, it's it's kind of nice. We've we've all got like varying degrees, I guess, because for me, you know, uh, I I know that that my ancestors came from Europe, but I I have no real real relation to it. You know, yeah. um, I personally identify with this land as my home my my place um and you know i i would more strongly identify as being pakiha which is uh, 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 uh this is the word in maori uh, pakiha is a is a person of european descent um but of new zealand and and that's how i would describe myself as a pakiha new zealand Basically. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, I don't know about your family, really, because like I speak to, I, I came on holiday to Japan maybe three years ago, three and a half years ago, and I was with my father, my mother, and my mother's late wife. We all came together, and I was hanging out with my father, and he, he's, I mean, he's been in New Zealand for 30 years, but he is such a New Zealander now. And so, like, <laughs> it's incredible. Like, he stuck out like a sore thumb, and like, <laughs> The way that he dressed, his mannerism, he's just much more relaxed than people over here. And he really, he really did feel like you could just really easily tell. And I think that kind of speaks, I mean, this is very off topic a little bit, but it really kind of speaks about the kind of people like that New Zealand is a home to, a, to many different people from all walks of life and, and in whatever stage. Like I've got people who are friends of living for two years and they absolutely love it and they don't want to move it. They'll live there for the rest of their lives, you know, and that's kind of like a a yeah. different thing as well so it's 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 so varying you know whereas and, and you know like it's a context if, if like if you're half japanese i mean there's been loads of stories about it like if you look slightly different in japan like they'll give you shit about it all day long even if you grow up in japan your entire life if you look slightly different uh, so you're, you're basically a foreigner really you're not you're not in the group yeah if you're not like full-blooded like you can you can be ostracized a lot, and I and I've heard lots of stories about that. And versus like, but you know, as I say, like you know, it's a very very, it's a wholly different place, you know. So it's two very different sort of um, approaches to what what is you know Japanese and what is what is New Zealand, I guess. Yeah. Do you think as a whole, New Zealand's society is pretty welcoming to people that come and live in New Zealand? I do, and I and I say that. I mean, I, this is just my own personal thing, you know, from the experiences that I've had, but definitely, you know, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different kind of thing, you know, compared to Japan. Um, and, but, you know, like they're good for different reasons. So there's a whole bunch of issues in Zealand, which we won't go into this podcast, but like as a general thing, yeah, I definitely feel so that that's more kind of welcome to, to other people. 
to like non-New Zealanders in, you know, in air quotes. So, yeah. 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 Like definitely the, the New Zealander of today is, is vastly, you know, the average, whatever that is, New Zealander today is vastly different to, to the average New Zealander of, of 30, 40 years ago. Um, just as a last sort of note, do you think that we're supported well living overseas as, as Kiwis? That's an interesting question. Uh, oh, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that one. Not with a minute. Like I, I've built up a big sort of like, as, like I said before, like a pride of, you know, telling people I'm from New Zealand and having that be a part of my identity living over here. But I don't necessarily feel like there's much support really. I know that in Australia, our um, social security, for example, isn't covered um, by New Zealand, even yeah, though Australia crazy. supports Australians living in New Zealand. Um, New Zealand doesn't do the same for us living over here, which is interesting. That was a great <laughs> chat, guys. That was, that was a lovely last, last jab, Lee. We could definitely talk about what Australia does to New Zealanders in Australia and, and yep. what we provide for Australians, but, you know, that's a conversation for another day yeah that's exactly right no doubt thanks guys for listening we'll catch you all next week we always want to hear from you guys as well so if you've listened in and you want to get in touch with us share your stories your experiences traveling or maybe you're a kiwi living overseas and you want to join the discussion you can get in touch with us at adventurescactus at gmail.com let us know what you think thanks a lot See you next week.